Hello, Croeso. Welcome to episode 76 of Alternative Wales, the podcast. Uh, it's been a few weeks, but the Triple Threat are back. Uh, it's been too long. So, Rod, welcome back to the pod after a few weeks away. Uh, what have you been doing? Any news? How are you feeling? Yeah, um, yeah, not too bad. Um, uh, can't think of really. I haven't been doing much apart from work, really, to be honest with you. So. <laughs> there he is. Yeah. Nice, 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 uh, enthusiastic get, start to get, the pod. There. Get, get it, get in all my work in before. I uh, gallivant off to the Middle East, isn't it? So, of course, of course. It's just, just uh, that's yeah. all my life is now for the next month or so. Yep, got to be done. Can't have the the fun without the hard work. Something like that. Someone said that once. <laughs> uh, and Kaus, uh, you're with us as well. How are you doing? <laughs> I am indeed. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm uh, yeah, I'm all good. Looking forward to speaking about um, all the red card controversy all over Wales this weekend. Yes, yes, plenty to talk about, and a lot of it involves uh, red cards. Um, so yeah, there is only one place to start this week, uh, unfortunately for me, uh, and that is at the Swansea.com stadium, uh, where Swansea City once again beat a lackluster Cardiff. Um, I feel like we're doing this uh, way too often these days, the, the, this sort of conversation about Cardiff not playing well in a derby, but, uh, but there we are. Um, so yeah, the obvious first talking point really is the red card um rod you know what did you think of the red card was it a red card you know and how much do you think it affected the game uh from there out uh well from pers- personally speaking playing the level i've played that, that's never a red card but in the top top level football you can't be hitting anyone in the face with any your, your arms or the ball or whatever really can you so i think mm. um he was a bit stupid. He could have shoved the ball in his guts, and I don't think he'd have had a red card. Yeah. But to throw it point blank in his head, I think, probably probably just about justifies the red card, I think, because mm. uh, you, can't, you can't be doing it, really. And I think it's just a stupid rush of blood to his head because there was no need for it. I don't think Cabango really pushed him hard enough to warrant such a, no. like a violent reaction, really. and. And yeah, just let himself down badly there because I think Cardiff look. I think a friend of the pod, Evan Williams, said we look up for this. Uh, talking about Cardiff, <laughs> and then he tweeted yeah. a bit too much. <laughs> and I think that may have been the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, yeah so. It was it was an interesting one because obviously the last few derbies have been abysmal from Cardiff's perspective, and um, not just sort of results wise, but I think Cardiff fans have really been pissed off with the way. The, the team's gone about it and it just always feels like Swansea are more up for it and they get they get it a bit more. Um, so yeah, it started quite well. We sort of didn't have any chances as such, but we sort of played in their half a bit and, you know, there's a few niggly challenges going in. But yeah, and then I had no complaints. It was sort of, when I saw it, I thought that's ne- not a red card because I saw the reaction and then the red card came out. I was like, what the hell? Saw yeah. the replay and I was like, okay, yeah, there's no complaints there because you just you just can't do that. And like he would have been better off because I think Cabango came up behind him and gave him a bit of a shove. He would have been better off rolling around on the ground after that and trying to sort of like get Cabango booked. I know it's I know it's yeah. not really what football should be about, but it is about that now, isn't it? It's all about you know getting these like gamesmanship yeah. they call it or shit or whatever. I, I was I was glad not to see any of that from either of them though. Yes, yeah. If Cabango could have gone down, like, you know, you often see in the Premier League, most players mm. get, like, at they'd be 
flapping around like a fish out of water on the floor. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It's yeah. Nice, nice, nice that they didn't really, but it didn't really work in his favour at all then. Yeah, I mean, it just killed the game because, I mean, the way Swansea play and, you know, they keep the ball anyway, you know, yeah. it would have likely have been, regardless of the results, it would have been like 70-30 possession-wise for Swansea. But with the extra, you know, all Cardiff could do really was go into two banks of four with Shea Yojo up front and the less said about Shea Yojo, the better. Um, just what it was just a matter of like when Swansea would score and it was like Cardiff needed to go into halftime at nil-nil I think to have yeah. any sort of chance of winning the game and yeah. they didn't um and then there was a period in the second half where I thought you know what maybe Cardiff could come back into the game you seemed like Swansea were getting quite frustrated it, it was a lot of every challenge was sort of met with like um it was like a, it sort of became a proper derby for a while where I think Obafemi lost his head a little bit and was sort of stamping around and pushing around. Yeah, and he was on a yellow as well. And he was on a yellow, yeah. yeah. And there was, and I was like, okay, this is how maybe Cardiff could level it up, is get, get a Swansea Blade sent off. And then an unbelievable pass from Matt Grimes in between the two centre-halves. And I mean, you could look at the defending as well. It was bad from Cardiff because the gap between the two centre-halves. But brilliant pass, brilliant finish. And I mean, I've got no complaints from a football perspective. Um, yeah. Swansea are just a better better football team than Cardiff City are and have been for a long time. I think yeah. there's many reasons for that. It goes quite deep, but I could talk after, talk all day about it. But yeah. after after that red card, I think all Cardiff could hope for was, like you said, keep it nil nil till half time and look for a smash and grab because it it mm. can happen. Yeah, you know, frustrate them and maybe pinch one on the counter. But you kind of knew as soon as that red card came out. Like you said, Swansea do- like to dominate teams possession-wise. Mm. It just seemed like, yeah, any Cardiff, chance Cardiff had had gone with that yeah. uh, red card. That's the which, is, which is, like, as a, I have got Swansea leanings, but I kind of watch it as a bit of a neutral, mm. and it does ruin it from that perspective as well. You want to see a full-blooded, um, gritty kind of game. You want to yeah. see both teams up to it and up for it and going at each other at their best. So it yeah. kind of ruined it from that perspective, and for anyone who hasn't got any leanings, I suppose that's a bit of a frustration as well, because these derby games yeah. are often better when both teams are at the you know full complement and able to go for it. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's what the the derby has been lacking for a long time. I mean, like obviously the last three derby, Swansea have absolutely battered Cardiff. It was three nil, four nil, and two nil. And then before that, um, I think it was a nil-nil at the Cardiff City Stadium, a very unforgettable game. Um, and then, obviously, before that, then it was the um, oh, the, the Premier League games, which was a 3-0 Swansea win, and the, the reverse fixture of Cardiff won 1-0. You know, we're going back to like 2009-2010. I think the last... Um, the last derby at Ninian Park was two all. Joe Allen scored. I think it was just he was still very young at the uh, time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know that was that it was like a penalty in the last minute for Cardiff, and it was like brilliant. I think the reverse fixture in that season was three two to Swansea in the Liberty. So yeah, like that's the sort of games you want, and it's been a yeah. while now. And I think yeah. it just shows in terms of football, football wise, the yeah. the difference between the two clubs on the pitch is just is stark. Didn't Russell I, Martin get asked about why he thinks that Swansea have had the super, superiority yeah. whilst he's been in charge? And he basically said, well, it's a different manager every time you play them. It yeah. kind of tells a story then. Yeah. He's won three three derbies now and against three different managers. And it's like, yeah. the, the, and, and it's very likely when we come up against them in the second half of the season, they have a new manager. They, they will be another new manager. So it's like, well, that, 
and yeah. the thing, I mean, it goes to a bigger thing is like, where did Cardiff want to go? No one in the board levels talking. We haven't heard anything from the board no. since they sacked Steve Morrison. It's, it's not like, good, is it? Where, where, who are who are Cardiff City? Where, where's our identity? And say what yeah. you want about Swansea's owners and the sort of yeah. the yeah. the fact they sell a lot of players, but that's their model. I feel like Swansea fans have accepted now that it's like, yeah. okay, we are where we are in the food chain and we've got to sort of sell players to be sustainable. And like, it'd be great if Cardiff could sell players, but we haven't produced a player that's good enough yeah. to sell on. So yeah. it's and like, you've got, you know. you've got uh, Russell Martin didn't have the easiest periods last season. Yeah. And uh, he came, they've stuck by him. And, and the start of this uh, season. They were yeah, I was going to say, yeah. even a month ago, Rod, so he, he, yeah, you know, yeah. or maybe, maybe five, six weeks ago, and he was a, under a bit of pressure, yeah. wasn't he? There's a lot to be said. Like you see, Brendan Rodgers, Steve Cooper have been mm, yeah. like stood by, and they're getting results now. And yeah, there's a lot to be said for sticking with the manager. If, if you know, Definitely. there's only minor things going wrong. Uh, yeah. you, you don't need to just ch- chop and change all the time, and it it, do, it does very rarely work. I know Watford may, might be the exception where they can bring someone in and they'll get promoted yeah. again. Yeah, but, but then again, that's the that's their model. That's the club model. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And they're used to the it now. Fans they, uh, know that. Yeah. The fans yeah. know, so it's almost like you expect it. You know, I was expecting if if Watford lost on the weekend, the Billich would have been sacked because he'd had a bad start. But yeah, but that's just whereas at Cardiff, it's like, well, what are we? Are we 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 bring a manager in for the long term last year, sign a load of players, and sack him within ten games, and then yeah, we put strange, his, yeah. his, his one of his coaches in charge, and sort of he's interim manager, but we're not looking for a new manager. It's like, well, what what do you expect? And what you know, Swansea. Russell Martin's now into what three or four um, transfer windows he's had there, yeah, and he's slowly building his team. And if it isn't this season, I I would expect next season they're really going to be up there. I mean, they're very much up there now, and they're in the conversation playoff wise. I think. Yeah. I mean, the championship is. An yeah, I know. There's a, there's about eighteen teams in the playoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, yeah. all, all twenty four probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I did see. I mean, if Cardiff won. Yesterday, they would have gone up eight places in the league. Uh, instead, yeah. we're 20th. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you can't read too much into it. But Swansea are, you know, three points off the automatic um, positions now and very much in the conversation. So, um, so yeah, you just don't know. But but I think, you know, if one team are going to kick on from here, it's definitely going to be Swansea because they have that, um, you know, consistency of, of plan going yeah. forward. Um, Kaus, I've, I was, I've, I've go got say, yeah, I was, I was just going to say, sorry, right, you know, I, I think last year, uh, I've got to sort of admit that, you know, uh, eat a bit of humble pie here, I think, because I sort of criticised Swansea. I felt, I still stand by the fact that um, no matter what your philosophy is, mm. Steve Cooper's a superb manager and mm. and he would have got Swansea promoted. I, I don't think, in my mind, there was any doubt about that. I think he would have done it. But uh, I, I've, I've got to sort of say, it has worked for Swansea, the fact that, we're talking about Swansea and Cardiff now. Swansea have got this philosophy, mm. and and it is what it is. I I don't necessarily agree with it, but I think it's good that they've got a very clear plan and philosophy. Mm. This is how we want to play the game, and we're going to give the manager the time to do it to implement the, this Swansea style of play that they that they want to call it the Swansea way, and it's working for him. It is now, and I've I've got to hold my hands up and say yeah because I. I sort of thought, um, you know, the whole uh, the whole sort of uh, style over substance approach 
you know, I, I didn't really agree with it. But it, it's working for him now. It's good. Things are going well. They've given Russell Martin, he's gone through some really tough times, but they've given mm. him the time to weather that. And they're coming through, coming through the other end now. And I think you're right. I think Swansea are going to be in the playoffs. I think they're definitely in that conversation. Yeah. But I just look at Cardiff. And I just think every city, it's, it's almost like a bloody... Their approach to selecting managers is like just a tombola, isn't it? Yeah. Just pull a, pull a name mm. out of a hat. Like, th- there's no clear... Every single manager they go for is a different style of manager. Yeah. You know, this is a club who, you, you know, like... I think, you know, I think they were lucky that they got Warnock because Warnock is just a fantastic championship manager yeah. who, wherever he goes... At most in clubs, the championship, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah, most clubs. Yeah, sorry about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but no, he's, he's a, you know, generally speaking, Warnock, if he doesn't guarantee your promotion, he guarantees you you're at least competitive at the top end yeah, of the championship. Yeah. But I think, you know... I think they're lucky that they that, that they managed to get Warnock because I think if you take that promotion season oh, it's, out of the equation, yeah. the last probably nine years at Cardiff has yeah. been abysmal, hasn't it? I mean, like I I could go on about this all day, and I I'll try my best not to. You you think the sacking of Malky Mackay happened? We were outside of the relegation zone in the Premier League, and we were picking up results, right? Yeah. And look, whatever happened with Malky happened, and and probably you know. In hindsight, it was like okay, maybe you should have gone because of the what was yeah. going on um, behind the scenes. Um, but if you talk footballing wise, he didn't deserve to be sacked. Um, and then obviously we go for a name instead of you know at the time Tony Pulis was very much in favour. He was a free agent, uh, and I think a few months later he went to Crystal Palace, kept them up, and look at where Crystal Palace are now. Um, mm. You know we went for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, no experience, brought in all his mates, used all his agents. Uh, contacts uh, left us in the lurch then following season we had Russell Slade league one manager then we decided we'd use his assistant Paul Trollope and try and copy Wales that lasted all of two months and like you said Warnock came in at the right time steadied the ship but you know and this is where the board needed to act then at that point because they were like right you know Neil Warnock isn't going to be there for 10 years do you know what I mean he's not a dynasty manager is he he's a no. he's a quick fix he'll sort you out and then you move on they needed a plan in place from that point. And that's the difference between Cardiff and Swansea. You know if Russell Martin left the job tomorrow for whatever reason, Swansea would make the right appointment to replace him. They know exactly what they're going for and who they replace him with. And that's the difference between the two what clubs. I, what I will add about that Neil Warnock thing, and i I got to take my uh, bias thinking out, uh, I've got to accept the fact he's been really good with promoting teams from the championship. Mm. But what you often find with him is he does leave teams with a lot of deadwood and kind yeah. of older players when he leaves. Yeah. I think Leeds had that problem, QPR had that problem. I think Cardiff have had a bit of a clear out now this summer, haven't they? Because yeah. uh, Mid- Middlesbrough players. are suffering from it now as well, yeah. I think. And you, I think it takes a good few years to get over that. It's like a yeah. hangover of it, all the players, his way of playing and what he wants from them. But yeah, it, it very rarely, you know, once he's left a club, did that club does that club really... Yeah, have any success for a couple of years, really? Because yeah, yeah, that's just my observation. No, no, from... you are probably right there. Um, that is a very good point. Yeah, are you, I think you just need someone coming in now. You need a, a decent young manager who gets time and back in, and yeah. that can galvanize the club as a whole. Because you know, I I can sense it by you. It's the same. I felt following in the championship leads in the championship. It's like you're disillusioned, really, and you. Oh yeah, there's it's like a cycle of. 
it's like a never-ending cycle of <laughs> your season yeah. being by October every year kind of thing. Yeah, and that was my feeling going into the derby yesterday. I just didn't care because I just knew. I was like, what's the point in getting worked up about it when it was all going to all gonna go tits up within 10 minutes? And it did. So, yeah. So there we are. Um, obviously, from a Welsh football perspective, Ollie Cooper seems to have been the talk of Twitter over the last few days. He scored the goal, uh, the first goal for Swansea, and sort of he's come into the team over the last month, and it's definitely coincided with Swansea's upturn in form. I don't think it's necessarily down to him, but he's definitely helped. Um, Liam Jones on Twitter asked if uh, Ollie Cooper should be on the plane to Qatar or should we wait until the next campaign? Kaus, what do you think about someone... He's clearly in form. He's clearly doing yeah. well. Yeah. And I think in any other international window, he would be in the squad. But do you take a chance on a player who's never been mm. in a squad to go to Qatar, despite how well he's playing? Honest to God, that's such a tough question to answer because, yeah. you know, on on the one hand, having having as many form players on that plane, uh, you know, as possible is, is absolutely key. On the other hand, you know, and, and, you know, we're probably talking about probably three or four players, your, your likes of your, your Chris Gunter and Johnny Williams, who, mm-hmm. you know, are just a solid, steady a reliable option to have in that squad. And I suspect that, you know, Page will go for reliability, to be honest. Mm. I don't think he'll take too many gambles. It's a really tough one to answer. I, I think I probably would go, do you know what? Why not? I mm. think, you know, I think, it, yeah, it'd be fantastic to, um, you know, to, to do well at this World Cup. But I, I'd, I'd also like to be... And, and maybe maybe you might disagree with this. It seems a bit of a big shout, but I I'd be sort of thinking, yeah, let's put him in there and let's give these guys a bit of experience, you know. And because we've got, I think after this tournament, we might be looking to start a little bit of an overhaul. I think you, you know you're yeah. going to see a couple of the old guard probably disappear after this tournament. So we, it is our it is the World Cup. We know that you don't blood players in the World Cup, but. With with the squad size, is it twenty three? We're allowed twenty six. Twenty six. Twenty six. Sorry, I think I think with the twenty six, I'd I'd be looking to give someone like your Ollie Cooper mm. a, uh, a a shot. Yeah. A while I've got another got, another I... name. Yeah. yeah, another name I just throw in there as well. I think he got injured on the weekend though, so I don't know if that's that for him. But uh, obviously, spoke to Ryan Hedges the other day, and he's yeah. Blackburn fans are absolutely like raving about him. He's played in five or six positions and. You know, I think I think people like that. I, I'd love to see them involved in the squad, but you know, at the, at the same time, Page likes you know his reliable players we, like we your did, Johnny Williams, like your Chris Gunter. We did speak the other week about like Matondo or Roberts, and I said that I think there's the space for a wild card. Mm. Yeah. So I think yeah. you could be looking at Ollie Cooper for that wild card. Spot, yeah. In, in my opinion, I don't think Roberts or Matondo have done anywhere near enough to. No, stay in the picture really for the twenty six. I agree, I, I agree with that, and I, te- I, I tell you what else, Rods, as well. I would say is um, these other teams are not going to know anything about Ollie Cooper. No, not, you know, really, they, well, they'll, I, they'll, I... They'll, have, they'll have him watched and stuff like that, but they they won't. He'll go in, and it'll you know sometimes a player like that, uh, you know, we, you've called him a wild card, and you know it would be a bit of a wild, wild card. Yeah, it, it's just great to have a player that the opposition know very little about. I'm not going to yeah. say he's not going to start games if he does go. It, you know, it'd be very much a, a few minutes here and there, perhaps. But but I think it's always good to have um, you know a couple of players that the opposition know nothing about. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't really know a hell of a lot about him. That's probably my own ignorance. But is he more of a attacking midfielder kind of? Yeah, I, I mean, it was the first time I watched him on, yeah, on the I've weekend in a few in, times, like but... live. Um, yeah, I, I think he's probably more like a, yeah, like a, like an eight in midfield. Yeah, I think rather than we... a defensive midfielder, and with Joe Allen being out, possibly that being a doubt, he could be an ideal person to take. Yeah, well, I was think I was thinking we aren't exactly flush with box to box type midfielders, are we? Yeah, we've got attacking players, and then we've got defenders. But in the middle there, Ram Ramsey, I suppose you could consider a bit more of a box to box. But then he's more advanced again as well, in mm. a sense. So I think he plays in a position which could work in his favour, really. Yeah, um, but it's just the fact he hasn't been in any of the squads before. Like Cow said, I'm not sure Page will have will. Until recently, I've had him anywhere near his thinking. Yeah. So whether he's done enough to force his way into his, you know. Yeah, that's my thinking. Yeah. My my yeah. thinking with it is is very much if you pick a squad on form, he's hundred percent in the squad. But then there's a lot of players who would who are going to be in the squad wouldn't get in the squad on form, and it's, yeah. I, I I think there's like a there's a realistic one and then like a wishful thinking one, and I think he probably. But yeah, I think you're right. I think maybe he may... Luke Harris had that experience in the last camp, but, you know, he's only getting the odd game off the bench, albeit at the, in Premier League for Fulham. Do you take Ollie Cooper instead? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm sure we'll find out in the, in, in the next um, in the next few weeks. Kaus, did you find out when the um, the squad announcement is? Because I still haven't seen anything. They, they don't they don't want to... Uh, they don't want to say, mate. I don't know why. Oh, right, okay. Uh, but But they... I think it's going to be uh, the first week of November, the first couple of yeah. days of November. Makes I think. sense. I, I saw something but, uh, about them wanting to do that COVID bubble potentially, and they did say it would be around those first few weeks of November, the, the squad announcement, because yeah. they were talking about Rob Page having to be out in a public presentation of the squad. Uh, um, so they want to get that so, done sooner rather than later. Yeah. So I think what the way they were talking about it is like if, it's not far away from when they actually travel out. Um, yeah, yeah. so I think it'll, yeah, like I said, it's probably that week bonfire weekend, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think it's point. it's not. I don't know what you lads think. I I think giving themselves as long as possible to decide is isn't a bad shout. In all no, no, no. Yeah. I think um, you know you there'll be there'll be probably eighteen, nineteen, twenty lads who know for sure that they that they're in there. You know, and, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think, yeah, so, so you know, you, the bulk of your squad, your match day squad, uh, they're going to know that they're on the plane anyway, so that's no worries. Yeah. And then, you, you you know, you just leave it for these next few couple of weeks just to see how these lads get on, and mm. I think it's not a bad idea. I, it does seem a bit odd, though. I, I did think it would be around about now that they'd be doing the announcement, to be honest. But, yeah, um, well, England, but yeah, there's, there's England no have got that internal 55-man list, haven't they? So... I don't know when yeah. they go 55. public. Yeah. 55. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to cut over <laughs> half of our team out. Like. If we picked 55 of our players, we'd be looking in the Cymru Prem. Yeah, well, do you know when... We, when, we'd, when we'd have five Penrith Cork players in there, I think. <laughs> Remember when uh, Glenn Hoddle had to cut Gaza from his World Cup squad? Imagine he has about 25 of Gazas he has to cut and they all smash up a hotel room each. Like, uh, fucking hell, 55. Yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on then. Uh, Newport's new manager, Graham Coughlin, got off to a winning start as Will Evans got the winner against Colchester on Saturday. So that's nice to see. And Wrexham drew one all at Boreham Wood. 
Um, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, we'll talk about Wrexham again. I think a very an inspiring week there. Across Wales, there were also some fantastic crowds in the domestic game, which I feel like we need to mention. Almost 800 at Barry to see them go top of the Cymru South, uh, beating Llanelli. Uh, 674 at Carnarvon on Friday night and over 700 at Real This Is Bangor in Tier 3. Um, although that's not really the talking point um, from that game. Um, I don't really want to talk about it for long, um, but we can't really ignore it. And I think we have the right to discuss it because we do regularly talk about the Cymru Leagues, um, even in Wales Online. Uh, I hope you're well. Um, Kaus, you know, the video is done the rounds and it's it's not nice to see but what what went on there it, it was a it was mad yeah it, it's it's not what you want to see right it's not no. it's not good is it it's not good at all but but and i'm not it sounds like i'm gonna make excuses there's no excuse for that sort of thing it's just not on but these these are these are two sides. They're two old rivals. Massive crowd, big game. Um, you know, it's coming towards the end of the game. Bangor winning, and um, and yeah, it, it happens in football. I, I've seen it myself at local level. It, it happens. You know, you don't see it too often in the Premier League and stuff now, but it has happened in the past. Mm. Um, you know, it it is. It's it's not what you want to see. It's not good for kids watching and stuff like that. But you know, the it, these when these players are fired up to the extent that they are, they're desperate to, to get that win. And that's where it comes from. But no, it's, it's not good. And, and, you know, I, I'd imagine there's going to be some hefty fines and bans and stuff yeah. going forward. But, you know, um, the thing is what I'd like to say, I spoke to both managers before the game on the, on the Friday, the day before the game. And, you know, they, they were both very, very respectful. So there's a massive respect between the two clubs and, mm-hmm. and they, you know, the two managers, uh, Gareth Thomas, Perry, and, uh, and Mike Johnston as well for, for Bangor. Um, they spoke about what respect they had for the opposition, what respect for each other in terms of people. Um, so, you know, it, it's not a case as if they're going in uh, to the game with, you know, but bad blood or anything like that. Mm. I think it, the, these things, and again, I don't want to condone it far from it, but, they, you know, just just the heated nature of football and, uh, you know, the everything else that goes with that, it does happen. Mm. But... I think I think you know I think I think they they both clubs can probably be expecting uh, some repercussions from that and and you've got to say rightly so I'm afraid as much yeah. as as much as I respect all the people involved with them two clubs but no it's it's not it's not good is it no it overshadowed what should have been a you know a massive occasion really to 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 great Welsh football clubs big crowd you know uh, you know going toe to toe at the top of tier three so Bangor winning the game two one. Uh, Puts them to the top of the league. Because, I mean, it would be superb to have Bangor back in the Cymru North uh, next season. And who knows where they can go from there, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, this. Uh, I think out, out of those two sides, I think as as neutrals there, I'd, I'd be, you know, I'd be over the moon to see um, see those two sides. But I, I can already hear uh, Derry Theon, the Denby manager, shouting, uh, listening to the podcast <laughs> Um, you know, reminded me that I'm a Denby lad. So, but Denby had a disappointing result on Saturday, so they they've fallen back a little bit. But no, just in terms of those two, yeah, absolutely. There's some good sides at the top there, though. I mean, mm. you know, High Welfare are a good side as well. Nantavale, very historic club, good side. But, but I think, in all honesty, Welsh football needs a strong banger and a strong reel. Yeah, um, and, and we need to get these these big big clubs uh, back where they belong, really. So. Um, 
Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I must admit, I, I fancied Rill on Saturday. I fancied Rill to, to nick that one. But, you know, I mean, it really was toss of a coin job between those two, two excellent sides. And, you know, yeah. two, two, I mean, in terms of club size, they're, they're Cumbria Prem clubs, no, mm. sh- without shadow of a doubt. I mean, the crowd tells you that. But um, in terms of the quality on the pitch as well, I mean, Bangor and Rill have probably, I, I'd say Bangor especially, have got some Cumbria Premier a couple of Cymru Premier standard players in there as well. So, um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. It's one to keep an eye on. We were speaking all last year, weren't we, about how great Tier 3 is. I think mm. it's shaping up to be as good, if not better, this year. So, yeah, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that title race pans out, really. Yeah, very competitive stuff. Uh, next up then, uh, me and Kaus uh, caught up with the uh, excellently named Zeeland Shannon earlier uh, to talk about how the USA are shaping up ahead of our game with them in the World Cup. So you can hear that chat next, followed by Agent Phillips. Um, this podcast is all about taking the rough with the smooth after all. So, um, so yeah, that will be next. We are now joined by a very special guest uh, to talk about the United States of America. Uh, we're joined by uh, football manager, YouTuber, uh, international football expert, Zeeland Shannon. <laughs> Zeeland, welcome to the I'll podcast. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Happy to talk about the U.S. national team because somebody has to. <laughs> so we'll talk about the, um, uh, you know, how America are looking at the moment. So going back a couple of week, a couple of years now, obviously. Looking good, won the Gold Cup in 2021, um, but not the easiest route to qualify in um, based on previous tournaments. No, I mean, it was better than last time. Of course, yeah, you actually got there this time. Yeah, it, it, was, uh, it was a very difficult qualifying stretch. I think the way CONCACAF set it up was annoying. We basically had... So it was a group of eight instead of six. Normally it's six teams, and then this time it was eight, and you had to play everybody twice. It was 14 games. And you essentially had a year to do it. So each international window, there were three games. And we're already hurt as it is. Like Pulisic and Gio Reyna and Weston McKinney, they're all always hurt. So we were way into our into our depth. And uh, away matches in CONCACAF, I don't know how to describe this because in Europe, I'm not saying that the fans, the, the fans are fantastic in Europe. So are the fields. And so are the, like, the rule of law, right? There is no away day against El Salvador in Europe anywhere. It just, it doesn't exist. Um, like the riot police in the corners and stuff. And so away is very, very difficult in certain areas in CONCACAF. And I think considering the average age of our team feels like it's 19 sometimes we struggled with those games as well but we also got huge results that we needed oh we beat mexico at home uh which was which was just massive that was really when we set the tone and uh, we managed under us we managed costa rica like we got the results at home that we needed the only team that really frustrated us both times was canada uh, mm-hmm. but they frustrated everybody they had the qualifying of their lives so I, I, w- I was okay with it. But yeah, when you look at the table and you go, oh, they finished ahead of Costa Rica on goal difference, you're like, oh, that was yeah. tough. But it was it was a real slog. It was a grind. Uh, three matches in a week in an international window while you're also playing a club season is really tough. Mm. It's tough. Yeah, and like you said, I think some of those away games, I know um, America and Canada both used their 
geography to their benefit. I think was it <laughs> was it Honduras uh, in Minnesota? Yeah. I think yeah, I read about gave, that one at the time. We gave an Honduran goalkeeper um, frostbite. <laughs> so we yeah, Concacaf is pretty mean. With the so we played in Minnesota in January, mm. and uh, <laughs> Canada played in a stadium they called the Ice Teca uh, against yes. Mexico, and they they scored. Yeah, the Mexican players when they were subbing in looked absolutely miserable. It was hilarious. See, I loved that because yeah. I just hate the Mexican national team so much. <laughs> but uh, it was it was great, and they, like Canada scored. They were doing swan dives into the snowbank on the side of the field. Like it was just perfect, Canada. Yeah vintage game and then it wasn't fun when we played them and they were doing the same thing but now it geography yeah it, it is very important when it comes to scheduling games um costa rica is very good at setting off the fire alarm in the hotel nice before the game uh they egg the bus and stuff it's just it's just wild it's different jamaica there were like no fans and somehow also vuvuzelas because <laughs> the covid rules they only let like 200 people in and i swear all of them had horns Right. And the field was soaked. It's just, it's just, yeah. Trinidad and Tobago's field is the only reason we didn't go to the 2018 world cup. I'm still convinced it's a, <laughs> it's, it's a mess, but we, we do it too. I'm not saying we don't yeah, do it yeah, because yeah. Minnesota in January for under us was just like, that's, that's against the Geneva convention. I think <laughs> um, you mentioned that it's a young squad. Um, obviously there's a few names that are recognizable to sort of European football fans. Um, but sort of in general, you know, w- w- what is the makeup of the squad? Is it is it young and inexperienced, but has quality, or you know, is it are they getting that experience now and they're a bit more prepared for this tournament? I mean, they've never really played all together in an important set of matches ever. The closest we got was the Nations League. Mm. Uh, the Nations League in Concacaf had its first playoff thing it was a year and a half ago and it was you know the u.s normal normal customers right the u.s costa rica mexico under us was the four teams that made it and it ended up being the u.s and mexico in the final and we finally had everybody together like weston mckinney geo reyna christian pulisic uh tyler adams uh timothy wea who also has hamstring issues they're all there Hmm. and it was a great intense match, but then the gold cup, it was a rotated team because we had a lot of world cup qualifying stuff. So most, you know, a lot of the super top people weren't there. Um, It's amazing to me because you, you say like, well, the names you recognize, all of those guys have probably played together three times. Right. And and it's, so it isn't just a young team that's, that's inexperienced. It's a young team that when we get everybody healthy, hopefully for the world cup, and they all take the field at the same time. It'll be like the fourth time they've all played together. That all the names that you were like, oh, the U.S. is putting together a good squad. It's the it'll be about the fourth time they play together. So it's a very talented team. There's no doubt when it comes to the raw talents, most talented U.S. team that's ever existed. Sounds like um, sounds like it's from a few years ago, didn't it, Ray? With the you know when we had all those great players in the nineties, two thousands, and stuff, and you just we we never got them to see them play together, did we? So you know it was. Um, you know, it's tough, isn't it? And, and going into a World Cup, um, obviously, you know, you'll have high hopes in the US national team. But if, if these guys haven't played together, it doesn't matter how good they are as individuals, it's going to be tough, isn't it? I mean, you know, you're coming up against, obviously, ourselves, England, Iran, um, you know, and, and these are teams as well that you won't know too much about either, uh, having, you know, 
we, we don't play each other these these you know different continents very often, do we? So uh, I'm just just interested to know, Zila, like what's what's your sort of expectation for the US? What what would be a um, what would be a good World Cup in your opinion? I think the, the the standard you can always set for that is what will get the coach fired. Right? And I think if we don't make the knockouts, the coach will get fired. Um, yeah. And I think that the World Cup has such a unique charm because you are just playing random. It feels like just random teams that you've never played against. And that will be really fun. But I think everybody's in the same boat when it comes to that. Uh, obviously the advantage that Iran and Wales have on the United States is continuity and an understanding between the players uh, of who's going to be where, who's playing what position, what the rotation is, who can expect uh, these minutes, and what exactly you have to do in those positions. Because in the United States, our coach apparently has a really complicated system. Now that makes it even worse that all these guys, um, you know, I think Gio Reyna's got like 13 caps ever. Um, I know... Weston is Weston's higher than that, but not by much. Our defense, which is apparently the hardest thing for people learning, or Greg Berhalter is our coach's name, for people learning his system. It's this system of rotations and pressing and things. Well, our defense, one of our center backs, we were going to start Torres Achilles. He's not going. So I just don't know. I mean, I, but I do think if we don't make the knockouts, the coach will get fired. Yeah. And so the expectation I- is we're the pot two team, finally. So we're not, we don't have Germany and Portugal in our group like 2014. Because we won the Gold Cup in the Nations League, we are supposed to get out of the group now. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> if we don't, especially if we lose to Iran, that will cause national outrage. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, it cannot happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's what I expected, to be honest. I think, um, you know, I, I don't know about you, right? I think my perception of the US was, you know, probably quite similar to ourselves at the moment. Probably, you know, I think if we get through the group uh, and get into the next round, I think we'd probably call that quite a successful mm. tournament, really. Um, you know, beyond that, who knows? And the thing uh, with knockout you know, football, remember... and the thing with knockout football, like we we proved in 2016, once you're in those knockouts, it's anyone's yeah. anyone's game then, isn't it? You know, anyone can, yeah. can do anything because it's a bit of a lottery. Yeah. Um, we spoke with... Um, uh, an Iran fan last week, and he scared the div- living daylights out of me in terms of you know how how um, probably under the radar they're going. And I think every team in the group. Um, uh, I think looking- I think I know. I might even know who you talk to. I he, our Iran fans are they are bullish on yeah. their team. Yeah, I, he- I I don't see it. I promise you, I don't. see it. <laughs> okay, because he yeah he scared me and I I mean Carlos Quiroz frightens me as well and just in terms of like sort of the anti football that he can play he's he's quite a yeah. a defensive coach. Um, so do you see if we if we sort of not count England? I mean it's difficult because England are on a bad run, but essentially on paper they are the best team in the group. If you discount yeah. England, do you see Wales as the biggest threat to second place for the US? I think probably that is the, the yeah that's the truth in, in my in my prediction videos and stuff that I'm doing that's the truth. It's not that I'm not scared of Iran because everybody saw what they did to Spain and Portugal at the last World Cup, right? They made them super uncomfortable. They almost knocked Ronaldo out. Uh, if if Medi Taremi actually finished a chance with like 30 seconds left in the game, they would have knocked Ronaldo out of the World Cup. But 
they're they're greater than the sum of their parts mm-hmm. but so is wales yeah. um i i think we're more talented than wales is um that's not a surprise we have literally like a hundred times more people than wales <laughs> does so that that should be the case right if we're really trying but uh uh, what, what, the, what the matchup between us and Wales is, is just rolling the ball out with like raw talent and a bunch of really athletic wingers and such against a team that has, you know, the kind of dead ball superstar, which is what I'll call Gareth Bale, because he's not, he's not a pace merchant anymore. He's no. just, he just has the class. Right. I think three goals in world cup qualifying playoffs and two were free kicks. Right. So it's like, that's what he does now. And then you've got a really tough team. Uh, it, like we don't have Kiefer Moore, you know, <laughs> we don't, we don't, have, we don't have Ben Davies. Um, you, you have a very tough team. And I, I think the matchup is going to be interesting. I think nil nil is almost the most likely result because we play really defensive too, for no reason at all. <laughs> we always do. We're determined not to give up goals. Uh, 180 minutes against Mexico in qualifying, we gave up zero goals. So when we really want to shut it off, that's just what we're going to do. And yeah, I think I very much think that the group could come down to who loses by England less mm. or loses to England by less. Or if you can get a draw against England, because we, we draw each other. And if we can beat Iran, which is not a guarantee by far. Mm. Um, and then you play England and you're on four points. I think yeah. it'll be. I think it'll be really tight. It could be that tight. I do think we could get a point off England. Uh, they're in terrible form, but you guys could too. Uh, we. It, it's an open group. Yeah, and that makes it that makes it difficult because I think everybody looks at this group and goes, "Well, it's England," and then who the heck else is coming out of this, right? Because if you're looking at pot two teams and you get the U.S. out of pot two, you're like, "Yes," you know, like that, yeah. that's an open door relative to other teams that are in pot two. So. Uh, it's going to be tough. And I, that first match against Wales, I mean, it's the first match always does. It's going to set the tone. Mm. Like, I guess if we played England first, if you lose that, you're still like, okay, we can, you know, we've got time. Yeah. If you, if we play Wales and lose, which totally possible. What, like, where are we going to go from there? Mm. It's a very, you know, it's two teams that expect themselves to be able to get out of this group playing each other. And it's a classic swing game. If you lose that match, where do you go from there? Yeah, I think uh, I think there could be very few goals in the group in general. I mean, Iran are very defensive. You just said about America being overly defensive. Wales aren't very good at breaking down defensive teams. And England, for some reason, despite all the attacking talent they have, <laughs> they play really defensively. So it could be you know a very binary group, a lot of one nils, nil nils, and I think it's going to be fine margins. Um, you obviously, I think the way you're talking about the the current coach. Are you a fan? Because I've, I no. think after the you, re- no. did you who did you lose <laughs> J- after the Japan defeat? I did see some people having bring Jesse Marsh in for the World Cup, and he could well be a free agent by then. Yeah, um, he could well be gone from Leeds any minute now. Um, not that I think it will happen, but obviously he is a bit of a problem. Do you think such a talented group, but not but not having the system and the management so team to to get you over the line? I still think he's very good. I mean. It's not, he's better than me, right? He's the coach of the national team. Mm. The only reason he got the job was because the guy in charge of the, of the hiring of the national team head coach, his boss at U.S. soccer was Greg Berhalter's brother. 
jobs to the body. So, yeah, they're, 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 you can't shake the smell of nepotism, especially mm-hmm. when all Greg Berhalter's ever done is have a pretty decent Columbus crew team. He tried to coach in Europe. He got fired from a team in Sweden, right? He w- he's a longtime MLS coach who has never won an MLS Cup. He's had some pretty good teams, but he was not, it was a surprise when he got hired, especially when you have this team that has A-list European credentials and you're bringing a guy in from Columbus to like rally them. And he creates this cult of personality. And it's, it's a tough thing to say that you hate him, right? Because he has won. But, the, but the, the point that I always separate is like, well, he's won because the team is better. Uh, like we are better than every single team we play against in our continent, just talent-wise. Mm. I mean, like Mexico is – they don't have Chicharito anymore. It's a low watermark for Mexico. They don't have the same dudes. They still have Hector Herrera running around. Uh, and like Andres Guardado is still in that team. And he's like 40. It, it, Costa Rica is worse. Honduras is worse. All of the teams are getting worse, and we are more talented. And of course, we're going to win, right? Mm. We barely beat Qatar in the semifinal of the Gold Cup. It's not like we're lighting things up the way we perhaps should be. So, nepotism in getting the job. And then there's this feeling that we are not achieving what we should be achieving. But it's a delicate situation because it's a young team that hasn't played together a lot. And so there are people that will argue back at that. And like, what do you want him to do? He wins the games. We got into the World Cup, even if yeah. it was on goal difference. Okay, I'm feeling a bit better about US than I was after speaking about the uh, yeah. RAN last week. Um, I guess, I don't know, I, from the outside looking in, um, with a very young American team, um, really talented players who are going to be sort of, you know, elite European footballers, if not, they, you know, some of them already are. Is this tournament going to be one eye on the next one? Obviously, you're hosting the next one four years down the line, more experience. Is it a case of let's do what we can do here? Let's, you know, get these lads on the pitch, get them, you know, top world class World Cup experience, and then really make a charge at 2026? I I don't think so, because obviously it is impossible not to look at the fact that all of these guys will be in the prime of their career when we're hosting a World Cup which mm. is just awesome, right? I, Christian Pulisic is going to be like 27. He's going to be right in the wheelhouse. Same with Weston McKinney. Gio Reyna is going to be 22, 23 in the next World Cup, and so you'll be sitting there like, okay, he's really hitting his stride or wherever he happens to be. And hopefully we find a striker between now and then. But the World Cup is huge, in the United States. I don't know why it was the first time I ever watched soccer, I think, ever, was the World Cup in 2006. Uh, it's it's a massive deal for three games. For us, it's been four games the last couple of years, the last couple of times. And so the U.S. is actually pretty good at the World Cup mm. because we play this kind of underdog swashbuckling I mean, we knocked Ronaldo out in 2014, and nobody thought we were going to be able to do that. We had the group of death, and then they made this promo that they kept airing on ESPN that was like, oh, it's the group of death because we're in it. And we watched, you know, everybody got so fired up that by the time it was the first game, um, you know, like the whole country was watching it. So there is a real intensity and like a 
the the American sports fan fervor is directed at men's soccer for one moment, right? And that and that's the moment. So there's no looking forward to the next one. It is you have three games to show us why we should care about this sport is basically the mood of half of the country and the women's team consistently does that and the men's team does capture the imagination i mean 2010 we made the knockouts as well so the last two times you've been in we made the knockouts Mm. so it's very hard to look at the u.s and as much as i rag on the team and it we're gonna bring it we bring the lunch pail the united states soccer culture is toughness it's dempsey it's Kyle Beckerman kneecapping Ronaldo at midfield. It's it's <laughs> hitting people hard, playing tough, and like outworking the team you're playing against. And if we can actually bring that energy that we seem to always bring at past World Cups with teams that had absolutely no talent outside of like two guys. And I think we will because it's just who we are. Then I, I do think we'll, we'll be we'll be in a better spot and we'll be able to make the knockouts at this world cup. So I don't want to say we're looking forward, but I also do think 2026 will be the first world cup we go to that. We actually have a chance to win. Mm. I don't think we have a chance to win this world cup. I think maybe you get to the quarterfinal. If you get a nice draw, right. If like Ecuador happens to win group a and yeah. Okay, here we go. But weird things happen at these tournaments. Yeah. Weird things happen. You guys won a group with England in it in 2016. That was your first ever Euros, right? So yeah, and got to the semi-finals. Weird, and it was the best exactly. summer of everyone's lives. Um, <laughs> weird things happen. Yeah, and I mean that is the thing with this group as well is the fact that Netherlands are likely going to win Group A. So yeah. England are likely going to win our group unless weird things do happen, which they very much can. Us USA or Iran are going to play Netherlands, who are. I mean, we've never beaten the Netherlands, ever. I think we've played them 10 or 12 times in history. We, I don't think we've even got a point off them. Um, and we almost did this summer, but they decided to score l- late goals on both occasions. Um, both, both games, yeah. Yeah, ridiculous. Within like a second of us equalising in the 90th minute. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be daunting getting out of the group. Um, so if you can make a prediction now then, how the four in the group is going to look, what, what are you going for? My pick is, and I think it's hilarious, but I think our group is tough. Wales is a very tough pot four team. I was begging for somebody else. I don't know who I was begging for, but not a (laughs) European playoff team. Because if you come through the European playoff, you're tough. Hmm. Uh, My predicted order of finish is England, US, Wales, Iran. Okay. Now, I I do think there's... (laughs) Yeah. No, well, look... the only group of fans I've ever met that aren't optimistic are the English. So they're probably the only ones that wouldn't put them at the, themselves at the top of the group. But yeah. there is a world. I mean, England, something's off with the way they're playing. There is something wrong with that team. I don't know what it is. I'm not smart enough to know what it is. But they scored two goals from open play in six matches in the Nations League. And they like... I mean, they got relegated. They lost four nothing to Hungary. Right? We wouldn't. We pfft, we're the favorites against Hungary, right? You guys are too. Mm. I, I don't know. Hungary's just going off right now, clearly. But there's something wrong with England, and this group has no easy game. There's no Togo. Right? Yeah. There's no like no disrespect to my you know my native namesake, but there's no New Zealand walking through that door, or maybe like an Australia or UAE, right? Or Saudi Arabia, 
Iran is arguably the best team in Asia. You guys have made the Euros knockouts the last two times. Nations League A, even though you just got relegated. We don't suck. And England is not going to have a game where they can show up like they did against Panama and kind of reset the chakras. If they show up and they don't play well, they will lose to any of those teams that are in this group. And not only would your team and my team really cherish that win. Oh, yeah. And we're going to be playing extra hard. They have to win. They're supposed Mm -hmm. to win. They're going to be nervous. I do think there is a world where one of us finishes last, England finishes third, and two of those teams actually get out. Yeah. No, I... I I agree. It's it's wide open. I mean, it's the highest ranked group based on the world rankings. Yeah, the world rankings. not that what, that usually matters, but no, it, exactly. It but, is, but yeah. it is for you know. Essentially, we're playing the best team in uh, Concacaf. We're playing the best Asian team, and you know the runners up in the European Championships. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Um, obviously, you went to uh, the Poland Nations League game uh, mm-hmm. last last month. Um, wasn't a vintage Wales performance by any means, but what did you make of the experience as a whole? And where can people see um, your experience at that game? Oh, it's fine. It's a, a YouTube channel. It's called Zealand. There's the Wales game is on there. Um, it was fun. Now, we had a real adventure getting to Cardiff. So I, I don't know if we, we drove down from Glasgow because we were doing three games in three days. There were no trains that day because of the strikes. And so we drove seven hours from Glasgow to Cardiff. And so by the time we got there, it was about five matches at 7.30. So we kind of parked up and walked around a little bit and, and got some of the ambiance. I was, uh, it, it's an edgy atmosphere. And what it, what it feels like is certain American football environments have, have that feel where it's very, it's like a powder keg waiting for a match to light the whole mm-hmm. thing off and, there was a Poland fan gotten a brawl near us. Oh, you were at that that end of the uh, yeah yeah the stadium. And they, there was uh, just they were it was, it was a lot of stuff going on. I loved uh, the anthem was really good. I obviously don't know what you guys are saying, but the anthem is a banger. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it, uh, ours is okay, but that was, your your anthem is really good. And I, Gareth, actually, his hair fell out. Yeah. Like, and he spent about 30 seconds running around the midfield trying to press while putting his man bun back. And I was impressed by that. Now, the overall takeaways from the game were it was, it was awesome. There's the like soccer specific stadiums are fantastic. And that environment doesn't necessarily exist with the songs and the coordinated, like, we're going to guitar like we don't we don't have that we have like funny other chants and stuff like fight and win right but we we don't we're, we're not a singing people and so that's a new thing for us that's like what everybody that's, took away from it that's your job is to get um to get a u.s chant to the lyrics of a shakira song yeah <laughs> The lyrics of a Shakira song. That's, oh, uh, yeah. I think probably end up, uh, we would go with Beyonce, I think. I don't know what we, <laughs> we'd have. I like the American boy one that uh, Leeds has for Aronson. That's Yes, chant. that is good. Yeah, I've heard that chant. recently. Yeah, very good. Um, right, we haven't got much time left. Uh, so just before you go, uh, obviously, your part of your job is uh, obviously you 
do football manager on YouTube and other international football stuff. Am I right in thinking you've once or twice managed a Cymru Premier team or a Welsh Premier League team in your uh, You're right. Yeah, football I manager managed, history? I managed Carmartin Town. Right, okay. Uh, yeah, we, <laughs> we unseated the new Saints. It took a few years yeah. uh, to, uh, to unseat those English fools. But uh, <laughs> Very good. We, we, we got it done eventually. Yeah, the old, uh, the famous golden black of Carmarthen Town. Oh, Very yes. good. Yeah. Did you what? What did you learn about the league? When was this? I mean, Carmarthen. I'm being. In oh the yeah, yeah. The it was uh, FM 19. We managed Carmarthen Town, and I knew nothing about the league. We learned that the New Saints was actually on the other side of the border and in England, which just made it great. I mean, there was such a there was it was like a holy biblical battle between us mm. and the New Saints, and heart we. We had our hearts shattered uh, at one point. Uh, but the fact that the league is semi-professional, again, completely foreign concept in the United States. We have a draft. We have leagues that are set. No promotion relegation. And so that was my first time managing a semi-pro team on Football Manager was Carmarthen Town. And we just picked them randomly. And it was it was fun. But it also there's there's such a gap between the Welsh league and the level of the Welsh national team mm. that I find fascinating. It's like very similar to uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina reminds me of this, and, and I know that's a very random team to say. Their domestic league is awful, but their national team pretty good, and they, they, I, it's fascinating to me i know that you know it's cardiff and swansea that essentially produced the entire national team through their youth academies we are we are the one you know the european nation with we're like i think we're like 50th in the coefficients uh i don't think you're the lowest it'd be close though yeah san marino and gibraltar i think are below us but you know we are an anomaly because our biggest clubs you know play in england uh cardiff swansea wrexham newport and even mirtha to to a degree so um so yeah, it's uh, it is an interesting one, but uh, Zealand, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Uh, one last plug of your channel: where can people find what you're doing, international football or football manager, if they're interested? Uh, it's YouTube Zealand, uh, Twitch is Zealand. Um, I, I, I try to be easy to find. Just mm-hmm. follow the dulcet American tones; you know, <laughs> it'll lead you there. But thank you very much for having me on. And no I'm problems. looking forward to the match. And I am, of course, I am very nervous. I, I was I, I was definitely hoping for not you guys. Thanks very much for coming on, Zealand, as well. It's just fascinating to hear you, uh, you know, talking about managing Carmarthen Town and stuff like that. I absolutely <laughs> love that. It's absolutely brilliant. Oh, it's, but, it's, it's a yeah, legendary I, save for us. We loved that so much. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I think I, I agree with absolutely everything you've said. I think it's going to be... Um, Really tight one to call this three. You know, three obviously doesn't go into one in terms of America, Iran, and ourselves. So it's going to be fascinating to see if if England perform to how they should perform, they should go through. And I think um, that second place is going to be up for everyone. So um, yeah, really looking forward to it. And uh, and yeah, thanks very much once again. Really fascinating to hear from you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Guys. Thanks very much, Stephen. Top man. See you again. Yep. Agent Phillips, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Good stuff. What's the, what's the latest then? Come on. 
Uh, we had a 1-0 win against, uh, what are they called? Sporting, Sporting? Sporting Sanguine Slug. <laughs> On the weekend. Banging yeah. form. Banging yeah, form. 1-0 win. So, yeah, we're, we're off to, well, I don't know, the top of the Anglesey District League. Yeah, flying. Yeah, but we are we are top now, and we were. Are you sure it's your team that's top? Because it hasn't got a name, so <laughs> you know. Yeah, they just put it up as unnamed FC. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I'll have to. Pick, I'm still thinking of a name, but I've got other things. Shut up! I've got other things to do. <laughs> Name so, is the last, least of my buddies. Before we do get on to those other things, really, we should talk about the game. Who scored the goal? Um, Emrys, Emrys Boycott got the oh, goal. because He's back now, is he? After I think he fell out yeah. last week, didn't he? Yeah, Ken Cow's worked uh, wonders on his leg. He had some sort of injury before. I can't remember. Right. I'm, not, I'm not medically trained, obviously. <laughs> um, he just put it down his bad leg. Alan Floyd is out, though. Oh, dear. What's happened? He's got Ebola. 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 <laughs> yeah. Ebola. That's yeah, the one. Yeah, that's good. Ebola. <laughs> did he find out by airmail? Did he airmail? Did he find out by that? Airmail, yeah. Yeah. He's got the Ebola. Well, well, well. Oh Where's he well, got that from? Where's he got that from? <laughs> I don't know. Can you catch it? Has he been to West Africa? <laughs> he might have done. I don't know what he does in his private life. He wears Hawaiian shirts quite a lot. Yeah, yes. everyone who goes to West Africa always wears Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. Always do. Well, it's hot, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's got that illness. Uh, yeah. Mystery, how he's picked that up. Some say he's from the, uh, the in- our sponsor, the Indian restaurant. Oh, the, I don't know where. the Gash Masala or whatever. Gash. <laughs> <laughs> Freudian slip there. Uh, hash, hash Masala or whatever it was. You can have the Ganja Masala Ganja from Denzel's Curry House. Yeah. But you didn't yeah. catch it from that. I don't no. know what the Gash Masala is. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. It's after, only on the specials. They've uh, been there, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I can't confirm or deny that. Right, okay, yeah, but uh, exciting <laughs> news. Yeah. Uh, new signing Eon Jess played well. Eon Jess. Yeah, he Coventry really well. City legend. Yeah, 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 he yeah 51. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's doing a favour for a mate. I don't know who his mate was. He just turned up with some boots. I, he didn't look anything like when he used to play in the Premier League in 1996. <laughs> but he had a good game. And then left winger Pet Shop Hills was a... <laughs> I, I don't even know his first name. He just owns a Pet Shop somewhere. But yeah, Pet Shop Hills. Oh, he, dear. He was on the left hand side. He fizzed some nice balls in, but uh, and then I give another debut. Oh That's yeah, the, the turnover of players is phenomenal. <laughs> I don't know what these boys get up to. Uh, yeah, centre back Percy Faith. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he made uh, he made his mark on their centre back early doors. Yeah, look, he's got a D dust printed on his back now. <laughs> <laughs> but he had to come off early because he's addicted to vapes. His lung capacity is severely restricted. <laughs> so he's wheezing about and stuff, but yeah. And then obviously, well, we know about Alan. We were in his British Transport Police escapades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I had to take the team again. Yeah, so you've now got a 100% record in charge. I I'm flying. But then apparently Walter Zenger was watching. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't know why he was watching. <laughs> After my job, he won't get it because I'm owning the club. So he can watch all he wants. But 
can yeah. match all he wants. You can. And then after the game, we had a 1-0 win, obviously, and then uh, we stopped back in Rill to watch some live boxing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was... Scouting well, again, were you? Well, boxing's normally one-on-one, but, you know, this was... Uh, yeah, Royal Rumble. Uh, there was a few punches thrown. And then the minibus broke down in Welshpool. Oh, there we are. So what happened then? Did you have to go like get a train via fucking Ipswich or something? Ah, uh, no, we just waited in some pub to Red Al and Red Allen went to source a new one. Right. Yeah, that's a primary school or something written on the side, but you know, we didn't ask good questions, we go home. <laughs> <laughs> a cheap yeah. than last week then, it was about four hundred pounds a head, wasn't it, for your last Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm still looking for like an investor or money of any way, shape or form. These people the people will say that um, they're going to put my club into administration. Right. But, like, I don't know how you can administer something that doesn't have an administration. <laughs> it's just me. And I don't pay any money out. <laughs> I don't have any bank accounts or anything, so you just pay cash for it. Yeah. Well, you haven't even got but a company yeah. name, I guess. You haven't? No. 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 We've got sponsorship, though. Yeah. Which is important. Of course. Because I lead a, a luxurious lifestyle. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, just the routine wins are boring, and they yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. Squads coming together nicely then. And uh... well, I've got to be honest. If I looked at the squad list, it would take me. How big's the WhatsApp group now? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, never mind. WhatsApp. Yeah, uh, don't, don't worry. Don't okay. worry. Um, yeah, I've got about sixty-seven players registered. Oh, good, good stuff. Oh, we haven't got reserves. So giving boys minutes is impossible. So you know, you you uh, you've adopted you know a philosophy of rotation, or you just play in the same yeah. old faces. Well, it's very much who is available for away games, and then yeah. for home games, it's an absolute nightmare. Yeah, Pick those rondos, those rondos you do in training sound like an absolute nightmare. <laughs> Sixty-seven on one. <laughs> yeah. So I implemented that Lieutenant Cool's fitness regime. That's got rid of quite a few boys. They've been yeah. violently ill after that. Uh, but yeah, it's a nightmare on Saturday. People try to bully their way into the squad. They turn up with their kit and stuff and say, why aren't I playing? Phillips, you're a prick. And <laughs> you said I could play this week. Honestly, oh, lying. But yeah, so I'm trying to keep 67 players happy. Home games is difficult. And then trying to get 11 for an away game is even harder. But, Sounds uh, like squad morale could quickly plummet soon. <laughs> <laughs> Got to make sure I mean, those wins keep coming. Yeah, they will. The league is rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reckon that team that Cows played for on the weekend could probably win the league. Him and I'd, his sense-year-old mate from Denby. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's a compliment. <laughs> to be fair, I've never heard... I'd never heard of Llanguishog in my life. I've just had to look it up now. It's near uh, Llangevny. So, yeah, I've learned something new today. I've lived in uh, I've lived in North Wales my whole life. Sorry about that. the first time I've heard about it. So, uh, yeah, sporting Llanguishog. Yeah, boys. Yeah, Terrible outfit. Rubbish. <laughs> great place. Yeah, well, I don't know. You didn't stay there long. Long enough to get three points. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I have to take the boys away for because we got international break coming up soon. Well, a few boys going off to the World Cup, are they? Yeah, 
Aeon Jess uh, <laughs> 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 looking for a contract in the air. Yeah, I've, I got about 12 boys on the Crooked Monkey Trip or whatever it's called. Crooked <laughs> 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 So, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think Alan Flood would be able to go with his Ebola. No, I don't think no. you can travel with that. No. Do you need a PCR for Ebola? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Lateral flow doing. Do you read I don't know. Yeah, I got 12, 12 to 13 boys, so I'm going to organise a, a, a midwinter training camp. Oh, good. Hot weather. Yeah, warm weather training camp. I've just put. No, we've uh, got a my stig, yeah. Warm weather then. Yeah. I've just, more- um, I've just uh, put Clangwitlog into. Um, into Google Maps, and it literally just takes you to a field. There's literally no houses around it. There's one there. So, um, yeah, obviously, slim pickings in terms of um, catchment area for players there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we should have armoured them, really, but, you know. Yeah, we are. Uh, Luke was in goal wearing wellies. <laughs> <laughs> Who have you got on the weekend, uh, or do you not know? You haven't looked at the fixture list yet. I don't know. They don't send me the fixture. They don't. We have to organise them on a week to week basis because we live. We we are based so far away. So just sort of see who turns up in uh, <laughs> at Abercan on on uh, on Saturday, is it? Yeah, I don't really pay much attention either because you know I can't get my head around all these team names. <laughs> <laughs> Before we were playing Red Star Belgrade once, we were playing them. <laughs> yeah. So the yeah it's the Fil- yeah that's it yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, we've got them, I think. It might be them we got on the weekend. There we are. Who knows? Uh, I should know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> should know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, but I'm gonna, yeah, we'll probably win that game and then we'll go on this uh, mid-winter break. Is it the middle of winter? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Is this um, this uh, Menai Bridge closure going to affect your travel plans for this league as well? <laughs> Have you done a journalist course with me? <laughs> Asking the tough questions. Yeah. No comment, you prick. Yeah, there we are. I, I think bridge closures, bridge closures are the uh, the least of his worries. I think, mate. To be honest, uh, I think so too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his players contracting the tropical, their tropical diseases is a big yeah. issue. I'd imagine. Yeah. Knowing Ken, Cow, we'll have him back on the pitch in a week. Um, no, that bridge closes not going to cause me any problems. There's another bridge, apparently. Yeah, there, there we are, are then. Good stuff. Yeah. There's, there's another bridge, apparently. He's been going <laughs> to and from. Every, every couple of weeks, he's been going to and from, and it's fun. Apparently, there's another bridge. Hey, we went on a fucking train last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> For the state of all my players, we could have been in a tunnel, as far as I know. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for swearing. Uh, right, okay. Uh, I've, I've got to go. All right, then. Nice it's to see tight. you, Phillips. I've got, I've got to see who's left the squad. Right. There we okay. are. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm get my roller decks out. Well, pleasure as always. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyone want to design a wee kit for me or? No. Off you go now. <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> Wrong end of the week time then, uh, and we shall start with the results from two weeks ago as we had a uh, 
we we had a week off the wrong end last week. Um, so yeah, we will start with those results. Third place, uh, creases in your clothes, which was Kaus's pick. <laughs> uh, got fifteen point five percent. The inevitability of winter, um, which was Megan's pick. Uh, that was sixteen point five. How did that beat mine? <laughs> Ridiculous. And beating them all was sixty eight percent because I've got my uh, my ear to the ground on uh, what the people people are angry about uh, booking fees. Uh, one, uh, so yeah, a, a rare win for me, I think. So, um, so yeah, that's good to see. Uh, and that does mean that this week I get the honours to go first. Um, I have two options this week. Um, oh, uh, I have I'm, one. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with one over the other. Um, I was gonna go with Jake Humphrey because he really fucks me off. And I was listening to oh, a podcast yeah. earlier, and uh, an advert for his podcast came on before. Did you, and I was did like, you see his? Picture on the weekend of his gym. Oh his my basement. god! Yeah, I'm... and he's got his own his own quotes on the wall. Oh. Oh, that guy is the worst. <laughs> yeah. It was something about yeah. never sit in the comfortable chair, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely uh, bollocks. Does my head in that guy? Yeah, um... he thinks he's got the monopoly on success now. All of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. Seems like a bad person. Yeah, <laughs> one of his, an advert for one of his podcasts came on before a podcast I was listening to earlier, and I was just like, "You are a tool, mate. Shut yeah. up." Yeah. Um, so it was going to be him, but I thought I'd go for something that actually uh, uh, makes sense. Um, I watched a video earlier of um, Ricky Iola on uh, BBC Breakfast, I think it was this morning, um, and she was asked oh, yeah. whether. Um, whether there'd be criticisms of 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 a black family on TV as uh, as as a woke version of a Welsh family, which is just absolutely bollocks. So I'm going to go for the term woke, um, yeah. because I think it's it's like this sort of like stick to beat people who aren't racist or aren't homophobic with. Oh, it's have like, empathy. Yeah, it's like how yeah. dare you include other people. Um, who are who are normally marginalised in like TV or film or music or something, um, and yeah, it, it's sort of become like like a word that's demonised. You don't want to be woke, but when you think about it, being woke is actually just being a good person with empathy, like you just said, Rod. Um, mm. It's absolute horseshit, and it's just like this sort of weird culture war that I think probably started with like Trump and America, and just sort of obviously bled into over here because you know we sort of just are in hand in hand with America on that front. Um, so yeah, I just think I hate the term woke. I hate the way it's used, um, and I hate that basically it's just a word to be like, you know, that racists can use essentially, or homophobes yeah. can use um, to sort of say things are you know you can't say anything these days you know that sort of nonsense but um yeah that, that's my yeah, yeah and, and the thing is that you can say them because people still are saying them yeah so, exactly yeah. it's fucking no one's cancelled are they they just whole television just channels dedicated for people yeah. to say it we, we know we know what we know what woke means you yeah. know, we we know we know what they want to do. They they want to be free to be racist. They want to mm. be able to say use the racist terminology that they could use in the seventies and eighties. That's what they want to do, and you know they they like to label anyone who disagrees with that as just little you know bleeding heart softies. Like you know what I mean? So yeah, we know, we know what they're trying to say. And I thought that the the girl I, I forget her name. What was her name? Sorry, uh, Ray, Ray, Reiki Iola. Yeah, fantastic, and she spoke so well, and I yeah. agreed with every single word she said. So I think that's a really good pick, Mike. Yeah, no, I think uh, really fucked me off this morning when I saw it and just like the little smirk that the, the presenter yeah. had. Why even ask that question yeah. on BBC? 
GB News, whatever, that's what they fucking do. But like, it's the BBC, like, yeah. except that, like, there's black families in Wales. You know, like, that is just life. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me if I'm watching a TV programme the family's black or white or Asian or whatever. It doesn't, why, yeah, why, why, it's, why would it it's matter? hilarious, yeah. isn't it? It's you, hilarious you, that that would you, bother you, you, like. You see the... the... The woke supposedly get called the snowflakes as well. I, I've never seen a group of people more offended by things that don't concern them as yeah as right wing racist nut jobs. You know they 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 get so worked about things like um you know what you should call genders or uh you know different coloured skin on people and stuff. They get so worked about that. Or oh, look at match of the day. They've got to get two black people on, and they like why why is that like I know why it. Fucking winds them up, but you know why? You know it's just there's no reason or logic behind it, and yeah. they get worked up about things that should just just it doesn't affect your life. So just shut up if you know what I mean. And yeah, I think I saw something about the the new Doctor Who. I think is a black um, gay guy, isn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the amount of people that get worked about things like that, and it just. Oh, it baffles me that, and then they've got the gall to call other people snowflakes for getting worked about things that generally yeah. matter in this world. Yeah, I know it's just probably yeah. haven't phrased any of that properly. No, but, you know, I agree with yeah. every word. Yeah. Rodri, you're next. Then uh, on wrong of the week, uh, what is your pick? Um, yeah, well, I've kind of all all that's in the news at the moment is the um, whole debacle of the Tories and Liz mm. Truss uh, going and how Boris Johnson tried to get back in after his six weeks of uh, commitments and thinks it, think that's enough to for people to forget he's a lying bastard. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm uh, not going to go down that um, thing. I've had a day off today, uh, worked nights, uh, start of the weekend. So mm. I've, um, uh, yeah, I get a Monday off then, which is nice. But then I've had to spend the whole day on house admin, so I'm going to go for house admin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. just, I, I've, I, you know, I could have just done something more exciting or entertaining with my day, which I'd have loved to have done. But these things need to be done, and I don't ever feel like doing them in the week after work. Mm. So yeah, I've been cleaning, like deep cleaning the shower. Um, I've had to Hoover and and do the and put some towels in the wash and things. <laughs> but I've left them all to do today. And then there's like, I've got a broken uh, towel rail has got the heat uh, in it has gone. So I've got to sort that out. And the fan in the bathroom is broken. And now the mole starts coming in because you haven't got like a good <laughs> ventilation in there. And I've got to, ah, oh, it's just, just these things that tot up and, you know, we've yeah. already got to be, concerned about how much we're spending on heating and all this shit this winter now when extra problems pro- uh, pop their rear their ugly head kind of thing it's just never ending it's just, uh, yeah i don't know it's just, i've had a guts full of <laughs> little tiny things that i would rather not have to worry about and i'm not worried about them but you know what i mean yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. pain in the ass house admin everyone has it but um yeah it's very uh, low key grievance, but uh... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say what a boring pick, but then I thought thought of some of the nonsense we've had over the years, and <laughs> it, it really isn't. So uh, yeah, yeah, right, rightfully nominated. We've all yeah, got house admin. We've all I, got to I, do it. 
I just, yeah, just don't like doing stuff like that. I'm lazy, really, and I so it's just. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we, it feels like I've wasted the day off. That's all I'll say. Okay. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, yeah. There we are. Fair enough. Gotta be done. Gotta exactly. Be exactly. Uh, right, Kaus, uh Follow that. <laughs> Easily. I always get like a nagging feeling that I've sort of picked this before, but um, I, I don't know. You maybe you'll be able to tell me. I'm going to go for something that I thought about the other day. Um, like minimum spend on a card machine. You've done sounds card very re- familiar. You've yeah. done card related. You've done. Um, you know, eight, I think I do card related stuff every you've, week. You've done cash sure. <laughs> machines in general. I think you've yeah. done, um, you know, having to pay by card in shops, uh, yeah. only card. Um, but you're going the opposite now. You're going minimum spend. Yeah. yeah so the, under the, the under a pound, you can't use a card. Type yeah. Of thing, is it? Yeah. I, and I, I just, yeah. I just hate that. Like because yeah. they, they're trying to get you. They say, oh, like it used to be. I remember when card machines first started and stuff in shops. It used to be. Um, like over a fiver, didn't it? In a lot yeah, of places, yeah, so okay, yeah. it was quite often you'd get over over a fiver, or which you know, I, I mean, that was a con as well. But like now, I went into a shop the other day. He's like, "Oh, sorry, it, it's got to be over two pound." I'm like, "You're just making it up. It doesn't yeah. have to be over anything." Like, but obviously, you know, you you buy like a pasty or something, so it's like one pound forty or whatever. And like, sorry, it's got to be over two pound. Yeah. So you're like, so it's, it's just a con to get you to spend more in the shop, isn't it? But um, and then obviously, you know, I, I mean, it sounds a bit petty, but every penny counts at the moment. And yeah. you know, sometimes in in a lot of places, especially up north here, you try finding a cash machine. <laughs> they yeah, just yeah. don't really exist anymore. Uh, thanks, yeah. thanks to Alan mainly. But but no, but um, yeah, it's it just really annoys me and. Um, like, don't get me wrong. It sounds it sounds really like you know it, it's not a big deal having to spend like sixty p extra. But if if you haven't got that sixty p extra, mm. then you know it's it's not good, is it? Really, I just hate it. Just stuff like that just really yeah. annoys me. It's just like a little like scam, isn't it? Yeah, I, I just yeah. I think in this day and age, if you can, if you go go somewhere, and you either have to spend a certain amount to use card, or you can't use a card. It's like, come on, mate, what are you trying to hide? Yeah, no, yeah. And I I've got a card machine, and it cost me like fucking twenty five quid. I've got a card so I can sell fanzines. Like, if you run a yeah. shop, buy a fucking card machine. It's not hard. Yeah, and I, know I was going to say, I was going to say as well, right? Like, I, um, I love that because, like, I can imagine the amount of times someone there, someone said to you, like, before the Wales game, whatever. I haven't got any money on me. Yeah, Aha. Well, I got, uh, <laughs> I got, go. I got done by that in Cardiff the other day. It was on the the Independence March, and some yeah. guy came. You know, you, uh, you know, um feed the homeless whatever i think it was a homeless charity i was like oh sorry mate i've got no change he was like well we take cards yeah <laughs> i was like uh sorry mate <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah sorry mate i only use checks <laughs> sorry about that. that sounded a lot like to me like sorry mate i hate the homeless sorry sorry mate i'm a member of the conservative party <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah well but, yeah, um, we're all skipped, no, one, but, yeah. no one carries cash since covid anyway i, I don't well, you know coasters Cash yeah, is but, king, mate. Cash is king. Yeah, yeah but there's <laughs> very rare occasions where I have to have cash now, and when yeah. that's a prime example of when it's a problem. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's all right. It's all right for you living in cosmopolitan Thunder. <laughs> 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 
Hey, hey, I was about to say the only time I do need cash is for all the takeaways in town because they don't take <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Do you know why uh, Kaus always carries cash around? Yeah, he's I, on the bun. He's on the take, doesn't he? No, he has to have um, a picture of the monarch on him at all times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's he, true. he loves the monarchy yeah. so yeah. much. He yeah, just has I to have that. um, yeah. has to have that picture close to his close to him. Yeah. and it's usually his wallet in the back I, pocket, so the queen is on his bun because he loves yeah. just knowing was, that she's I there. I was gonna, I was gonna bring up his tax affairs, but I won't go into that. Leave that to Philip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always, I've always said the queen is like a rat yeah you're yeah. never more than uh, a few yards away from her so yeah. um so yeah Aye. yeah exactly. leave that in yeah, that. yeah yeah and she's underground <laughs> <laughs> right uh your nominations for this week are uh the term woke house admin or minimum spend on card machines uh more vintage vintage wrong and of the week, um, house admin just sounds shit. In my <laughs> just put down doing housework, yeah, yeah. chores, house yeah, yeah. Uh, you can vote on Friday on Twitter, um, because I've been remembering recently. So, Paul Burns, if you're listening, unlucky, <laughs> we'll answer your questions next. Question time before we wrap up. Uh, we've got a few this week. Hopefully we'll get through as many as we can. We'll start with Liam Garrity, who has asked, what's your worst encounter with a celebrity? Uh, now, I can't think of a bad one necessarily. Most celebrities I've met have been usually pretty sound. don't think I've ever had a yeah. bad one. Any anything spring to mind, boys? Well, the, the, the one that springs to mind immediately is um, Thursday, last Thursday. Yeah. Uh, I went to watch... Um, you know, Nigel Ben and Chris Eubank are doing a bit of a tour uh, of the UK, and um, and yeah, they're in Llandedno. Uh And the plan was we were supposed to have these VIP passes, they call them. But you know, I, I, I'm used to the VIP treatment whenever I go. Of down course, to, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, but the plan was yeah, going meet and greet before um, before the event started at like half seven. And anyway, it transpired that. Um, uh, Chris Eubank wasn't there when, when we arrived there at half six. Um, so they said, we're going to change it round. We're going to have the meet and greet after the show. Mm. Uh, well, anyway, half seven comes round. Eubank still isn't there. So they um, they sent this bloke on. He's like the, the MC, I suppose you'd call him. And, um, you know, he, bless him. He was, he was trying to just sort of like fill time by just talking about the history of boxing and stuff and yeah. people getting quite edgy and sort of and he, he made one comment as well about uh sorry this is a bit long one winded like but i'm sure I'll, I'll wrap it up in a second it's all right um, but um but yeah so he's talking about that and he he made a comment about calzaghi uh perhaps ducking a couple of big fights during his career and everyone just went boo yeah started booing oh, it got quite ugly <laughs> i thought you don't come to wales and slag calzaghi no no but um, but anyway, I felt a bit sorry for him because he was just trying to fill time. Anyway, Nigel Ben comes out there and he says, "Listen, I'm so sorry about this, everyone. Thank you so much for coming. Um, we'll we'll get going as soon as this fucking twat turns up." Talking <laughs> about Eubank. Anyway, Eubank turns up at 11 p.m. <laughs> um, uh, he comes on stage and like and uh, he, he doesn't apologise or anything. Starts talking rubbish. Very very strange character. Anyway, isn't yeah, he? I've never liked him. Um, and um, and yeah, he's talking absolute rubbish. And then like, after a bit, he goes, 
uh, oh, I'm so sorry that I'm an hour and a half late. And someone just shouts out, you're fucking five hours late, mate. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it, it just it just wasn't apologetic at yeah. all about. And mm. on the flip side, Nigel Ben seemed lovely. But um, but yeah, my mate, uh, Ben the Tim, Ben the Cat. Uh, yeah. He had work yeah. early in the morning. So we missed out on the meet and greet because we had to get off. So um, yeah, but I just thought what, what horrible arrogant... No matter what's going on in your life, you know, just have the arrogance to just show up like four yeah. hours late and just come on and not, you know, he should have been groveling to, to the audience yeah. there, but he wasn't like mm. that at all. So anyway, sorry about the long-winded nope. tale there. Nope. Uh, nice, nice to have an actual answer, because I had yeah. really got an answer. Rod, anything from you? I don't mix in celebrity circles. <laughs> I don't have an answer, no. I've met a handful and they've all been pretty good. So yeah, same here. Nothing. Yeah, sorry. I've had a few, you know, footballers be quite blunt. Uh, a lot of footballers don't have much of a personality, do they? But I don't blame them too much. I wouldn't want fucking idiots like me coming up asking for photos and stuff. So no. Um, so yeah, that's good. <laughs> Thanks, Kaus. I'm sure Liam um, enjoyed that more than uh, mine and Rod's answers. So uh, all good. Iwan yeah. Hiraithog uh, has asked, um, "Haven't seen the state of the mystery players' plates of meat on the." Welcome to Wrexham documentary. Don't really know what he means by mystery meats, but uh, he goes on to say there is no doubt that modern boots are shit. So, which were your uh, best? Uh, which were your favourite fo- football boots? He says the correct answer is uh, Adidas Copper Mundial, of course. Yeah, but happy for you yeah. to nominate a runner-up. I, 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 hundred percent agree with that pick. Mm. Definitely, just the the original and best. I would say. Yeah. Uh, big shout out as well to. Um, uh, I don't know if they were the, the original Predators, but I'm going to say the, the Adidas Predators from around, I think, 96, 97. Yeah, there's some um, absolute belt. I mean, most of the Predators they've done until probably the last five or six years have been absolutely belting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was going to say that they were my pick. Uh, obviously, yeah. the Copper Mundials are just like the the pinnacle Classics. of the football boots. I think the, yeah. the Predators with the thinner stripes, I think, were the best mm. ones. Because they, 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 after that, they did like wider stripes and yeah. stuff and they, they, they started yes. to try a bit too hard with them I think yeah but yeah yeah no the, yeah. the original Predators were fantastic I remember having Predators I must have probably been about 10 or 11 and they had like the tongue that comes down and it had like yeah. a little bit of elastic you put under your boot That's so, it, so yeah. it keeps on top of the lace yeah that they were absolutely belting black and red yeah. black white and red you know proper Predators um, yeah. Puma Kings as well deserve a shout out. Yes. Yeah, um, I was that was going to be my shout. I think Puma, the original Puma mm. King in it. Um, yeah. I've also got a shout out. I think Mark Viduka used to wear them. The Lotto black Lotto boots with the green tongue. I did enjoy them, but I never mm. had a pair. Oh, but yeah. um, I quite like them. It's, uh, they were quite a big old green tongue. Yeah. The black, I, uh, I think the worst ones were the. <laughs> The uh, the Paul Merson high tech ones. Do you remember them? <laughs> Before my time, oh, I dread to think. Yeah, um, we're, we're the best then. Probably more my generation um, would would have fond memories of them because I remember going nuts for them as a kid. But the total ninety boots, the original ones of them. Yeah, uh, I think there was a gold and white ones were were great, and the, I think I had red and white Astro version as well. Um, yeah, but- they were great. Big shout out to uh, Jimmy Grimble's boots as well. Yes. They were phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The magic boots. Magic. Yeah. yeah. That's the second time in three weeks, old Jimmy's. I was going to say, yeah, we, we spoke about that with Megan, didn't yeah, we? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's a classic, isn't it? It is a classic. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Uh, next question. Ben Price has said, after getting my first taste of Cymru Premier Football with Pennebond on Saturday, I have to know what manager in the league wins a Royal Rumble. 
so yeah, Ben came. Uh, we met up on Saturday, and he watched a Pedabon game with me. Um, and we, we, I stand now between the dugouts. Um, and fuck me, it was heated on Saturday. Neil Gibson and <laughs> Reese Griffiths absolutely going off on each other. I genuinely thought, you know, it was going to boil over into um, sort of real banger sort of territory, but it didn't. Um, but yeah, there's some bloody nasty bastards in the dugouts in uh, the Cymru Premier. Cows, uh, anyone? Springs to mind. I'm going to throw my weight yeah. behind Reese Griff because I know he boxes as well in his spare time, uh, and I reckon he's an absolute horrible cunt if he gets going. <laughs> <laughs> like, fighting wise, he's a lovely bloke. He is a lovely. Yeah, bloke. I was going to say that. that he's a lovely <laughs> bloke. I, I, That's your manager yeah. you're talking he's about. A, he's a lovely bloke. I yeah, yeah, I got all the time in the world for him. But I reckon when you're on the wrong side of him and he wants to throw punches at you, he's yeah. a good fighter. Well, I'm going to uh, I'm going to see your Reese Griffiths, uh, yeah. and in, in my opinion, I'm going to raise your uh, Hugh Griffiths. Must be the name yeah. of Griffiths. He was my uh, other. He, he was also yeah. what I had in mind. Very very tough, very tough guy. Uh, you know, big lad as well. But uh, but yeah, good lad. Got to say, well, good lad as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I uh, I stay on the right side of Hugh. Put it that way. Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot a lot of the a lot of the managers in the division is sort of like yeah, as long as you're on their right side. I reckon Colin Caton can uh, handle himself yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, he he certainly could on the pitch. Yeah. I remember when I was uh, when I was a kid watching him play. He was, he was a hard player, like. You know, yeah. So, yeah, I reckon. Uh, but I reckon, yeah, Re- Reese and Hugh, they're the, they're the two that stand out for me. Yeah. Now Andy Morrison's not there because I think he was. A, yeah. He yeah, was another yeah. one. Absolute bloody nutcase. Um, Andrew Dowlin uh, has asked another totally normal question, um, <laughs> but I think a quite a an, an interesting one. This is where Rod comes into his own. I think uh, you can always tell a lot of a man's confidence with where they stand in a toilet at the pub. Are you a middle urinal contender or do you prefer the outer edges and a slight turn so that no one sees you or are you more of a cubicle toilet goer? Rod, thoughts? Oh, I'm not a, I'm not a middle urinal guy. I'll no. probably go to the edge room, but I don't, mm. I don't really put much thought into it. I don't think I'd turn or anything. But no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, I tend to like, just go to the edge, really. Um, yeah. Yeah, and if there's, if there's one of them long urinal things not that aren't separated uh yeah. i'll just stand away from someone because i don't want any splashback so. of course yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i just i hate those people though and i'm sure you've experienced it where you go you might just go and stand at the edge and they'll come and piss in the one right next to you yeah, yeah. there's about yeah. seven there mate what are you doing <laughs> yeah but um, yeah. Also, I gotta say as well, like you know, when people sometimes <laughs> they like make a special effort to like really turn their body to like yeah, the corner. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like saying to them, "Listen, mate, I don't care how big it is. I literally yeah, don't care. I'm, I'm not really gonna be looking, mate. So you, you crack on. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, but I, I'm so tempted just to go. Ah, oh, decent dick he got there, mate. You're a sink man anyway, aren't you? You're none of the other. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. yeah. Have you been spying yeah. on me? Oh, yeah. The fire exit. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I, I'm similar to you, Rod. I don't put too much thought into it, but I'll always try and distance myself if someone yeah. else is there. Um, like one of my mates is um, he's terrible, and when he's on a night out, he can't go in front of people. Um, oh, he, has to, he has to go in the cubicle. Um, yeah. Or um, I. It, there has been times where cubicles have been so busy that he's asked me to come to the toilet with him and stand stood next to him as like a safety net. 
Um, <laughs> so, so he can be a bit more comfortable about doing. He's and he's like he said, I don't mind. I can get my dick out in front of anyone. But for some reason, he can't piss in front of anyone. Yeah, I won't name I'd names, pro- but if he's I'd listening, probably, he knows I'd who probably he is. Wa- I'd probably warn him against doing that as well, getting his yeah. dick out in front yeah, of anyone. Yeah, yeah. 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 Frowned there's, upon there's, a, there's a lot of, um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of uh, repercussions from that sort of behavior. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, the other thing as is, you well well, I don't know if you've had it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I know nothing about that. Slanderous, yeah. Sometimes as well, like if you're in a particularly like rough pub or, you know, place or whatever, and sometimes, you know, you. I, I try to avoid having a shit on a night out if I can yeah, avoid it, but sometimes you just can't avoid it. Yeah. Um, you'll have a shit and you'll come out. And I've had it a couple of times where someone's gone, hey, what were you up to in there? And you just go, having a shit, mate. <laughs> you know what I mean? What, what yeah. do you think I was doing? That's what it's for. Yeah. <laughs> How dare um, you? Yeah. But uh, hey, what are you up to in there, eh? Hey, <laughs> having a shit, mate. Yeah. Have a have a uh, smell if you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, all right, moving on then. Um, I'm, Paul... I'm glad you said. Ha- I'm glad you said have a smell and not have a sniff. <laughs> yeah, that was, was yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice, good stuff. Uh, Paul Burns has asked how many World Cup wall charts can one person have? Uh, somehow I've ended up with three. And if your sufficient other hates football, where do you put said wall charts? So, Paul, I think you can never have enough wall charts. Especially <laughs> Alternative Wales's wall chart, which has been fantastically designed by Liam Stokes Massey, the pencil craftsman. And you can buy it yeah. now on alternativewales.com forward slash shop. Um, and I on t- that I note, tell you what, I've, I've, got to, I've got to give a bit of a plug as well, right? Mm. As well, uh, obviously, yeah, get your wall charts as well. Brilliant from Liam. Um, you know, Liam's been really good with us, hasn't he? He's done a yep. lot of stuff with us in the past. His, his upcoming project now, I don't mm. know if you've seen, it's going to be amazing. Um, it's going to be fantastic. I'm, the, um, I'm not going to give the game away. It's going to be, uh, you know, he's going to be painting uh, painting it soon, but there's a mural uh, going to be going up at the Fat Ball in Wrexham. Mm. So, yeah, keep your eye on the Liam Stokes Massey on Twitter. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to yeah. see it. Top bloke. Um, and, yeah, Paul, um, if your wife does hate football, what I would suggest, uh, where do you put said wall charts, is by enough of my wall charts, the Alternative Wales one, uh, to wallpaper yeah. a full wall in your living room. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the way to go. You can get uh, them are, are we, up anywhere. Just, yeah. Just checking, just checking, right, are we um, are we insured for um, other people having divorces because of what you've said on the show? Yeah, no, uh, that's down to them. I, I, I take oh, right. disclaimer, um, if you do get divorced as a result of our it's advice. Nothing to do with- Nothing to do with us. Yeah. Yeah. It's on you for taking our advice. Um, <laughs> with it. um, as for locations of where you put them, you know, car dashboards, you know, yeah. you've got loads of options. Um, the windscreen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Both <laughs> eye on Ecuador's progress. Yeah. Watch yeah, it driving yeah. up the A road. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Behind the toilet door. So when you are having a shit or a sniff yeah. or whatever you do in those toilets, <laughs> you can sort of, you know, see what yeah. games are on. Um, so, yeah. Alternativewales.com forward slash shop. Buy it now. Nathan Davis has asked, um, naughty Nathan Davis, I should say, what's your most treasured piece of football memorabilia you possess? Any takers? I I, I was saying to, I was speaking to someone the other day, um, 
I wish I was more of a collector because I've had quite a lot of good things in the back, and especially Wrexham shirts now. Rex, I don't know if you've seen yeah, on eBay. Wrexham did, shirts yeah. are going for like hundreds of pounds at the moment. Mm. And I've all the Wrexham shirts I've bought over the years, I don't know, they just haven't looked after them or I've given them away or lost them or something. But I wish I was more of a collector. But in terms of what I have got, um, and I think you'll have one, right as well, it's the... Um, the pendant from the um, the supporters game against the Ukraine. Yes, of course. Yeah, good shout. Yeah, yeah. I've got. I, I I do like that, and I keep that hung up. That's that's one of the only bits of memorabilia I've actually kept. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that, I I do like that. Yeah, good shout. Uh, Rod, anything that you've got? Um, I try to think. I don't think I've got much, but uh, old shirts and stuff. But they're not specifically. Uh, actually, I was clearing out some stuff for my parents house and i found an autograph book i had as young and john charles's autographs in there no that's that's pretty so good that's pretty Amazing. good isn't it yeah 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 in amongst like Amazing. robert molina no shit old leeds players there's john <laughs> charles there. and i was like christ yeah that's, that's good. a pretty good one yeah so yeah I'm to think. i'd have I, to go for that yeah i don't think i have like do you, i was I've, even now right i i'd love a match worn shirt right i've yeah. never had one I, when I was a kid at Ninian Park, I was obsessed with like getting a player shirt at the end of a season. I'd always yeah. try, you know, go down the front without a sign, may I say, without a cardboard sign. And I've yeah. never had one, and I've always Old wanted school. one. Um, but I did once get a. <laughs> I was buzzing last day of Ninian Park. It was the worst. Cardiff lost three nil to Ipswich, and we 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 ended up missing out on the playoffs by a goal that year. Um, it was the worst send-off I've ever seen for a ground. They sort of walked around, shit fireworks. Anyone who was there will know what I'm talking about. And I remember Paul Parry, and I was like, Paul, Paul, can I have your shirt? And he'd already given his shirt to someone, right? And instead he gave me his training jacket, right, that he was wearing, like, you know, like a quarter zip thing. And I thought, fuck, this is all right, isn't it? Obviously, it was too big for me at the time. But instead, it didn't have, like, PP on it. It just said sub I was like, well, I can't fucking walk around wearing a jacket that just says sub. So yeah. uh, I always remember that. I was a bit gutted about that. Oh, no, I've got it. I know what mine is. I got Russell Slade's hat. Right. Well, well, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a good story about this now. Last day of the season, I think it had already been announced that Russell was going to move into an upstairs role at Cardiff. He ended up leaving the club completely. Um, and I said to my dad and one of my mates before, uh, funny enough, same mate who can't who can't piss properly on a night out. Um, <laughs> will will remain nameless, but you know who you are if you're listening. Um, I said I'm going to get Russell Slade's hat today, and they were like, "Oh yeah, good one." End of the game, I go down to the front of the canton because they obviously do like the lap of honour at the end of a game. And Russell comes around, clapping the crowd. I was like, "Russell, can I have your hat?" And he's looking at me. He looks at me, and he's like, "What?" Thinking I'm taking the piss. I was like, "Can I have your hat?" And he was like. All right, and took his hat off and frisbeed it into the crowd, and I sort of plucked it out of the air. <laughs> and it's just a black, Fantastic. it's just a black Adidas hat with RS on the side. Um, yeah, name. so that's my Ryan uh, Smarch. Ryan Smarch, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ryan Smarch. Uh, right, uh, David Collis has asked: uh, Is the Cymru Premier already done? Re top and bottom place sides again? Um, I think we mentioned this last week. I don't think it's too far off. Um, but more importantly, he says, "Who would you like? Who would you most like to see by a Cymru League side and pump loads of cash in, uh, Robin Ryan style?" I mean, obviously, I'd like someone to come and do that to Penabont and have me as like chief executive or something. That would be like a dream. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if fucking I'm trying to think 
I'd like I'd like to see uh, Timmy Mallet by TNS. Yeah, <laughs> just sort of make him. In, I mean, they've already got a comedian in charge anyway, haven't they? Hey, um, even in Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mike's Mike's listening to Alternative Shropshire. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to think of who 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 would be a good football club owner? I, I ju- personally, I just um, I'm, and I'm just buying you a bit of time, right? Yeah. To think of an answer, but uh, I think it'd be it'd just be so good to see someone with a bit of money come in, and you know, it, it would just yeah. and not not just I, I wouldn't just want to see someone like flashing the pants out. Like I remember. Uh, John Fashion, who got a Barry, and that didn't work out at all. Yeah, the blue, um, blue I'd blue like to see well. someone build build a um, you know like a project. I, I hate that term. I don't know why mm. I said project, but you know what I mean. I want to see uh, invest in the youth structure of a club and just yeah. uh, because I think I think it would raise the standard of everyone else around them as well. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. I think yeah. you know it, it's such a shame that Connorskey. I mean, you know, Connorskey. I think they're on the way back now. They they they're pushing TNS a little bit this year. But, um, you know, I think I thought it was great when Andy Morrison was in the league. But just mm. to have a club with that bit of investment just to uh, just to push TNS. Yeah. Uh, I think it yeah. just raises the standard and, and it raises the interest levels in the league as well. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that's... Uh, so, you know, it'd it yeah. just, just be nice to see anyone basically yeah. come in, is what I'm saying. Annoyingly, the last time that really happened was when Mike Harris bought Lance and Freyth. Yeah, and yeah. you know he probably didn't do it in the right way. So mm, yeah, yeah. If we could have if two or three clubs could end up getting bought by in a similar way and become professional, then that would be superb, wouldn't it? As long as um, yeah, it, it didn't jeopardize the you know the community aspect of the club. So yeah, yeah. Uh, right, time for Bush. Uh, Bush, here he is. <laughs> I've got one, two, three, four, five senses working overtime. A statement from Swindon Popsters XTC. We actually have loads more than five. More cog- cognizant than physical. No idea what you're on about, Bush. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's got the COVID, so he's no sense of taste. Uh, oh, in brackets, no. mouthwise, not style. I'm not going to argue with that one, Bush. Um, so which sense, sense do you consider overrated or the best sense? Rodri, what's your favourite sense? <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, not, not to call Bush out, but I read this question, and uh, in the fantastic XCC song, he's uh, quoted he spelt senses right, and every other one he spelt <laughs> yeah, differently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it did make me laugh a bit. That did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. So, sorry, Bush. I don't mean to be a, a language pedant. It, yeah. it just, I just did spot that. It didn't make me laugh. Um, what's overrated sense? Yeah, and your favorite. Uh, one. Right. My, my favorite. We... It's got to be taste. Surely is the best sense. And that I don't know. Oh, no, I know seeing is pretty good as well. And hearing. Yeah, no, good, no, I, I, yeah. a lot of music. If, if it's stuff. if it's all right with Bush. If, if, if Boost doesn't mind, I'm going to keep all of them. If yeah. that's okay, yeah. if he doesn't mind. Yeah, what is, is <laughs> Boosh like that guy from Saw who's making us choose these things? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If I really yeah. had to get rid of one, it would probably be smell because I smell more bad things than yeah. good things, probably, I guess. I'd say, yeah, smell. I, I, I'd say smell as well. Yeah. Yeah, smell. I'd, there's, there's, yeah, 100% would be smell. Definitely. Yeah. But isn't what smell about, linked um, to taste, though, isn't it? Well, yeah, if we're going to be all scientific about it. 
What's Ooh, sorry? Uh, we I don't like science, here, do we? Sorry, sick of experts. Yeah, didn't realize this was. I'd probably uh, get rid of the Bruce Info Willis one. <laughs> the Bruce Willis one, the sixth one. I get, yeah, I did. You know, seeing, seeing dead, dead yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get rid of that one. I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I, it, it's so annoying, you know, when I'm walking through Llanelwy and all these, you know, people from Victorian ages walking. You know, they've got smallpox and all that. It's it's not. It's just off putting. Puts me off my kebabs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I, did, I think a big problem in the UK which people could do more of is some common sense. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, good stuff! Uh, it's good yeah, stuff, Rod. You got you you got yeah. your bad stuff out early doors, didn't you? Yeah, did, uh, yeah. This is this is fantastic banter. It yeah. really <laughs> is. <laughs> really good banter. Yeah. Uh, right, to finish up then, Alan March, the Podfathers, trivia. Some good trivia this week. Um, not that it's bad normally, Alan, but um, <laughs> this one is particularly a good question. It's only a matter of time until Alternative Wales wins an award. Your words, not mine. But until then, which five Welsh-born actors have already won an Oscar? Anyone want to tell me an actor who might have won an Oscar? Christian it's Bale. Christian Bale, number one. Do you know what it was for? The pianist, the, no, the fighter, two thousand eleven. Uh, oh, right. Um, uh, Richard Burton. No, so this is no. just this is no. He's never won an Oscar. Apparently, this is best actor or best supporting actor or actress. As Taron Egerton. <laughs> no, probably no. Catherine Jones did. Kaus. Did she? For yeah. what? Chicago in two thousand and two. Ah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Good film that. There's only one more I knew about in terms of. That I've heard their name. The others, um, I had not. I'd not heard of them. Yeah, right. Um, no Richard Burton is like the obvious one. I in, apparently according yeah. to the answers, uh, Alan gave <laughs> me isn't correct. Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins, correct. Yeah, Do you know what for? Yeah, or uh, Science of Lambs. Yeah, yeah. Andy yeah. won uh, for the Father in 2021. Oh yeah, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's supposed to be really good. Actually, and sad. Yeah. I've never seen it, but um, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the other two, any last minute shouts? Well, if you never heard of them, it doesn't yeah. sound promising. Um, Ray Milland won nope. it in 1945 for the film called The Lost Weekend. Um, and a guy called Hugh Griffith, not um, Carnarvon Town manager, uh, no. he won it for Best Supporting Actor in Ben Hur in 1959. Oh, right. He's from Anglesey. So oh, right. I, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. seen Ben Hur. It's about four and a half hours long. Yeah, I've never seen it because it's four and a half hours long, and I've got the attention span of a gnat. So, um, <laughs> so there we are. Right, that's all the questions this week. I think I might have missed some. Uh, not sure. I'm sorry. That's all I can say. Um, usual from me before we do wrap up. Pre-order issue eight and the wall chart uh, on the website. Uh, and before we do finish, um, we should we should mention our good friend Kerry. Collins, a uh, friend of all of us uh, on the pod, unfortunately uh, lost his life uh, last week. Um, Kerry was, yeah, really good friend of ours. We always had a beer around um, Wales games and um, played in the alternative Wales uh, matches we've had. Um, all our good bloke will be sorely, sorely missed. Um, mm. Our other good friend and questionable question asker, Andrew Dowlin, uh, we'll be raising money on his. Um, uh, he's running the Dublin Marathon this weekend. I think this weekend coming. I think it is. Um, maybe it's not this weekend. Maybe it's in a couple of weeks. Regardless, I think it's next weekend. I think. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, he's running it. He was he was running it anyway, and he wasn't going to do it for charity. But obviously, after the the really sad news last week, he decided to run it uh, in memory of Kerry. And we'll be raising uh, money for Havod, who are a mental health charity that have a base in Merthyr, which was uh, Kerry's uh, hometown. So if you can spare any change, I know times are hard. Uh, please do because um, it's a it's a really good cause. Um, boys, I don't know if you want to say anything uh, on Kerry while while we're here. Yeah, I just. Um... Kelly was an absolutely brilliant bloke, and you know, and um, you know, you, you you hear a lot of the same sort of um, you know things after someone's died. died but you know, just in terms of someone with a who's just a genuine, genuinely good guy, um, you know, and and he's massive loss, and you know, I've, I think we've all shed a few tears over the last few mm. days. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just you know, it's it's just heartbreaking when someone just goes before their time and. And you know, Kerry had so much to give, and um, and yeah, just you know, sleep well, mate. What a top yeah. top man he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just got to echo what Cow said. It's still very raw, I know, for all of us, and uh, like a heart wrenching to have to uh, speak about such a great guy in this way. You know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, just uh, sleep tight, mate. And if if you're ever in trouble, all I'll say is you just got to talk and you and. Yeah, all look out for each other. And Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, there's plenty of places you know to to reach out, and I know it is hard uh, when you know things are tough. But uh, if you listen to the podcast and you take any solace in it, then you know we're any one of the three of us will always take a message off anyone. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, rest in peace, Kerry. You you top guy, and uh, there'll be a cider waiting for you at the uh, at the Canton Cross Vaults. Uh, on the next home game, no doubt. Um, so, uh, on that note, uh, Kerry was also um, a musician, very talented musician. Uh, I feel like he lived many different lives, like the, the outpouring of um, yeah. you know messages from all across different walks of life. Whether it was football, you know, coaching football, playing football, watching football, um, playing music, you know, watching music, and just yeah. all these different. Uh, yeah absolutely um but yeah he released um some he he released music as a as a band called daybreaker recently but um very heavy stuff and probably not the vibe for um for 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 this sort of um poignant moment but uh, he also released a solo ep not too long ago and um song called promises and secrets uh which um uh, Adrian Phillips actually picked out for us earlier uh, as a potential um, uh, track to play out. So that'll play us out. Um, and finally, uh, Rodri, any closing statements before we do wrap up? Oh, uh, no, I'll just sign off by saying uh, keep on trucking and take care of yourselves. Everyone. Absolutely. Kaus? Yeah, perfectly put from Rod's there, as ever. But, um, but yeah, really enjoyable pod again tonight. Thanks everyone for their questions and stuff. And um, yeah. just to reiterate what we uh, what we said uh, when we were talking about our good friend Kerry as well. Um, yeah. You know, I think I think you know, like Ryan said, any one of us will will take you know take a phone call, take a message, whatever. Just just you know, pop us a message, get in touch, and and I'd like to think that maybe you know. Uh, our, our nonsense on here has, has helped people, you know, raise their yeah. smile in these tough times. And, and you know, if, if we've done that, then do you know what? I'd be absolutely over the moon. So, so yeah, just, um, yeah, just look after each other, like Rod said. And, um, and yeah, we'll see you next time. Absolutely. Thanks again for listening. Thanks, boys, for coming on. Um, and yeah, this is Promises and Secrets by Kerry Collins. All the best. Uh, cheers. Ta. Yesterday was the time of our lives. 
But it can't take away the hurt we hide I think I'm someone that I used to be But darling, I can tell you honestly That boy you knew has come and gone And this one's barely holding on to what So say you'll never let me go you're everything I'm nothing And there's no escaping some things But just know it's you I see when I'm asleep So I'll pick you up at 8am And you can steal my heart again With promises and secrets we can keep